Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You're now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. Excusez-moi. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV. Even on the radio. My mom and I rise by. Can't know where you go. We invaded airwaves. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend that we're live on the airwaves tonight, and we have a packed show to get to. Now, last week I did mention that we wouldn't be on the air because we would be covering a live event, which was held by uh, recording artist Goliath Pop, but that event has been moved to next Saturday, actually, so I believe that will be moved to... Uh, July 21st. So that will be his album release party, so we'll be covering it then. Which means next week we will have another live show for you guys to get to. Uh, nonetheless, for tonight, because of the last minute changes, uh, we do not have a guest on tonight's show, but nonetheless, I will still be giving you great content for you guys to be discussing for the next week or so. Uh, we are going to be talking about Childish Gambino, Kendrick Lamar, Drizzy Drake, all that good stuff. But before we get into all of that, you guys already know, man. I got some stuff to get off my chest. So on that note, I think it's time to let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. So you guys already know me. Ball is life. I'm a huge NBA fan. I watch the game. I read. I read the game. I write about the game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. With that said, when it comes to the offseason, you know that it's filled with an abundance of rumors and hearsay and what have you. And so the latest one to come out is a rumor saying that Kawhi Leonard has some sort of interest in coming to Toronto, all right? And the only reason why that came about is because, uh, I think it was Bet365, a website, online betting website, uh, put out its odds for where they feel Kawhi Leonard may land uh, before training camp starts and who has the best chance of landing them. And lo and behold, it was the Toronto Raptors. Now, because a betting site puts it up there, doesn't mean that it's all fact or it's based on facts or any type of insider information that they may have received. At the end of the day, it's just betting odds. It's all gambling. It's all by chance. So I would take it with an extreme grain of salt at that point. But what is now added, you know, fuel to the fire, so to speak, is the fact that DeMar DeRozan has erased every single photo and video off of his Instagram account. And now people are speculating that, oh, this means that he's about to get traded. So they feel as though, and a lot of people are starting to feel now, that if a trade does go down that will send to, uh, Kawhi to Toronto, they feel that DeMar DeRozan will be part of said trade. All right. Now, I'm not here to predict whether that trade is going to go down or not. I'm just here to play fantasy GM, for example, because that's what we all like to do when it comes to free agency or offseason or days or weeks uh, before the trade deadline ensues. Now, for me personally, let's say if there is a trade in the works between Kawhi Leonard and DeMar DeRozan, I, for one, disagree with the notion of that trade. Here's why I believe they shouldn't do that trade. Number one, the biggest roadblock in the Raptors' career 
and also arguably DeMar DeRozan's career, LeBron James, is now out of the Eastern Conference. So with the biggest roadblock that has impeded you for the last three consecutive years out of your way, why trade away your franchise guy who's producing the most points? I mean, the man's name is etched in Raptors history, basically, and he's still within his prime. If I'm Masai Ujiri, I am fighting like hell to keep DeMar on the team and keep him out of the trade rumors unless if you get something back that's better and that's guaranteed long-term. And that's the key, long-term, which leads me to my second point. If we trade for Kawhi Leonard for DeMar DeRozan, that's going to be a wash because at the end of the day, even though we're going to have Kawhi Leonard for one guaranteed year, it's going to be a rental, meaning we don't know for sure if this guy is going to return to the team. I mean, you got to think about it logically. People want to compare it to the Oklahoma City Thunder situation with Paul George. But the thing about that situation is the fact that even though they took the risk on seeing whether or not Paul George would, would extend his stay, they still had an MVP talent in Russell Westbrook still on a team guaranteed to be on the squad for another four or five years. Not to mention, he just came off of averaging a triple-double, and he did that again this year as well. So they at least had some sort of a safety cushion. And worst-case scenario, they knew, they knew that Carmelo Anthony would opt in on the final year of his deal. So if Paul George had left, you would at least still have Carmelo Anthony, a player who can now be the second option, who could potentially get you at least an 18- to 20-point uh, average per night. With Toronto, it's a completely different situation because you have DeMar DeRozan who's still in his prime, and if you trade him away, the only other person you have left to rely upon for your offensive output is Kyle Lowry. Now, Kyle Lowry is still an all-star caliber player, but he's now on the decline of his career. But he's still going to get you a solid 18-8, and eight, but the whole point of having DeMar be the lead is so that you can take pressure off of Kyle Lowry so that he can average maybe about anywhere between 20 to 32 points a game so that when it comes to playoff time, he's well-rested and he's going to give you that output, which he did this year. Unfortunately, it was all for naught. And that brings me to my third point as to why or as to if this deal were to go down here is who I would involve. Now, I would imagine that San Antonio, you know, R.C. Buford and those guys, would want to have at least either Lowry or DeRozan as part of that trade. If it were up to me, you know, the fantasy GM over here, I'm putting Kyle Lowry in that deal. Why? Because Kyle Lowry has more money on his contract that we can take off the books. And by we, I'm saying the Raptors because I'm the fantasy GM. You can take him off the books, and you can give that player to San Antonio, and they can either use him as part of somewhat of a rebuilding process and have some sort of veteran leadership presence on there while you're still going to get a good 18-8 out of him. And at the same time, you're not filling up a, a void within that point guard uh, spot because Tony Parker just signed a deal with Charlotte. So outside of him, you also have DeJounte Murray and you also have Patty Mills, if I'm not mistaken. So between who gets that starting spot, I would still give it to Larry anyway. And then DeJounte Murray can be the next one in line if that's the case. Um, and on top of that, I would much rather have two players in their prime playing side-by-side side with one another. At least with DeMar DeRozan playing alongside uh, Kawhi Leonard, you would have Leonard covering up DeMar's defense, defensive deficiencies 
while Kawhi is still playing on both sides of the floor. That way, DeMar DeRozan can just focus more so on the offensive side of things. It's not that DeMar's a bad defender. He's just an average defender at that. Like, nothing to write home about. But Kawhi Leonard, completely different story. So I feel that would be the better trade-off. And on top of that, overall, I would say on top of trading away Kyle Lowry, if that's the case, you know, fantasy GM over here, I don't think this could possibly be done, but if Masai is able to add in uh, Serge Ibaka into that deal as well, but I doubt that would go down smoothly, if anything. And if he were to add in Ibaka as part of that deal, I would imagine that the Spurs and and Ibaka would agree to some sort of buyout scenario or even include a third team as part of that trade scenario as well. Either way, Trading Kawhi to Toronto or any other team is just a tricky situation because there's no guarantee that he's going to resign with that team going forward. So it just almost diminishes his trade value because at that point, what team wants to take that risk? They're not going to give away their best players or their best building blocks in order to make this trade happen. I mean, I've even heard rumors earlier today that the proposed trade, so to speak, is DeMar DeRozan and OG Ananobi. That is a huge no-no. I know. If I'm Masai, I'm not even entertaining that. DeMar is one thing, like all-star for all-star. But now, not only are you thinking about trading your all-star, but you're also thinking about trading one of your biggest, if not your biggest building block towards the future as well. That's going to be important, especially if Kawhi chooses not to resign with Toronto. You need a piece of the future to hang on to. So you're going to give away your current franchise guy and someone that you want to build for the future? No, that makes no sense at all. At least if you trade away Lowry and Kawhi doesn't end, end up resigning, at least you have another, uh, what, $60 million left off the books that you don't have to worry about for the next two seasons. And then from there, you figure out what to do at that point in the game because even though things don't go well and you don't resign Kawhi, you still have enough pieces to contend in the East because the East is in a weakened state right now. So for me personally, if it were up to me, I would not have DeMar DeRozan as part of that deal. I would have Kyle Lowry as part of that deal if you had to get one of those two stars. And if San Antonio doesn't want him, then they can include, then Kyle Lowry can be included as part of like some three-team deal trade that could potentially go down. Or they could pull a Carmelo situation and do some sort of a buyout if that's the case. But that would be a very expensive buyout because he has two more years left on this deal where he's guaranteed to make at least $30 million per year. So again, this just makes the entire scenario difficult for both sides or any side for that matter. But what do you guys think? Should the Raptors make a deal for Kawhi? Should DeMar be part of that deal? Should, Kawhi, or should Kyle, pardon me, be part of that deal? Do you think Kawhi will be dealt before the start of the season or even before the start of training camp at that? Either way, let me know. Share your thoughts. Hit me up on social media at DM underscore cool or cool radio CC. And shout out to the Facebook group, Ball is Life. I see y'all. All right. Coming up after the commercial break, man, we got to get into a lot of these, you know, social injustice warriors that are out here, you know, calling the police on black people who are out here just trying to make a living. I'm talking about the permit patties of the world, the barbecue Beckys, the ID Adams, all those people. I'm about to go in on them. We're going to have a long, thought-provoking discussion on it. So keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Uh, Yes, yes, y'all. 
Welcome back to the show. <laughs> You're now tuned to MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. Now, we are going to get to tonight's main topic, okay? And for those of you guys who have been watching the news or even just watching clips on social media via Facebook or Instagram or anything of the sort, that you know that there's an epidemic happening right now where you have some white people, not all, but some white people feeling the need to call the police because they see young black people who are just living ordinary lives, basically, just calling the police for no reason, whether they're walking their dog, mowing a lawn, whatever the case may be, there's always going to be somebody wanting to call the police because they feel like they are violating some sort of community code and that it goes against the regulations or whatever code that is currently put in place. But we all know that's a front that facade. That's all just to, you know, mask or disguise their inherent racism. So let me go down the path of the specific story that's taking place this week, which has caught a lot of attention. So I want to talk about one of them and kind of bring everything into perspective. So for those of you who are not aware, there was a story that took place where you had a young black male who was doing a summer job of mowing people's lawns. I don't know exactly how much he was charging for that, but basically, he went door-to-door mowing people's lawns for some money. Why not? Summer gig, right? You know, delivering the paper route was a thing back in my day or having, like, a lemonade stand or something to that extent. But, yeah, people are washing cars and, and mowing the lawns. Nothing wrong, right? You're, you're, you're working hard and you're using your time to, you know, give back to your community um, instead of, you know, just sitting all day playing video games. Not that there's anything wrong with playing video games, but you're – but you're managing your time. You're giving a little bit to the video games, a little bit to the hard work in the community, et cetera, et cetera, right? It's all about moderation. Anyways, I digress. So there was a neighbor who complained that the little boy cut a little bit of grass on her side of the lawn, and therefore she proceeded to call the police. So I'm just kind of, you know, shaking my head at this point when I hear about the story. But the funny thing is, uh, a neighbor was recording the incident and basically put it out on social media for everyone else to see. And so when everyone started witnessing the video, the likes and the views went up. Uh, There was someone who started a GoFundMe campaign to raise money for the little boy who was mowing the lawns. That way he can get new equipment and, and what have you. And the GoFundMe, from what I saw went up to $40,000. Now, I'm not sure if it's increased since then, but $40,000 at the very least was raised. So I'm glad to hear that there was a positive outcome to the end of that story. But again, it's another reminder that there are just some white people out there who can't for the life of them understand why they have people of color in their communities. All right? So speaking of which, there's another story that took place this week, or that was at least broadcasted this week. I'm not exactly sure when it took place, but it was made to be public this week. So there is a woman who uh, who rented a space uh, outside in a park to, I guess, have a barbecue or some sort of social gathering. And there was this old white man harassing her. And this guy looked pretty grisly as hell. He kind of looked borderline homeless. Like, he was at least pushing 60. And he was harassing her 
because she had the audacity to wear a shirt that was modeled after the Puerto Rican flag. So it was the flag going down her shirt like so, basically. And I'm guessing she is of Puerto Rican descent. But either way, you shouldn't have to have a permit to show off your pride for your nationality or your ethnicity of sorts. So anyways, this guy goes off on a racist tangent saying, you will not change us. You will not change us, you commies. This is America. You shouldn't be wearing that. This is a disgrace. This, you're in America right now. You're not American. And, you know, going off of his Trump rhetoric, which we'll get to later on, but basically just kind of spewing BS out of the mouth. Now, what I find interesting is that he keeps saying this is America. Go back to where he came from, all that jazz. But the irony is the fact that Puerto Rico is actually an American colony. It's recognized as part of America in some way, shape, or fashion. In fact, and please correct me on this if I'm wrong, to anyone out there, Puerto Rican or not, but in Puerto Rico, they actually use American currency. Who would have thought? <laughs> but nonetheless, this guy felt the need to ber berate her with, um, with, with insults and just continually harassing her. And the saddest thing about that is there was actually a cop or some sort of park ranger, I think it was a cop actually, who was just maybe like a few feet away from the altercation, the verbal altercation, mind you, and she was kind of crying out for help from the cop, and she was basically saying, aren't you going to help me? This guy's harassing me right now. Why aren't you doing anything? Help me. He's just kind of looking and just kind of paying a blind eye to it. It wasn't until when there was another gentleman who came out, which could have been her friend or family member, who basically stepped up to that angry old white guy and then the cop decided to get involved because it looked like the 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 man of color who went to step into to uh, step up for a friend or his friend rather was probably being the aggressor and we already know how that story goes so that's when he got involved and again when this video went viral that cop was being you know verbally harassed I'm not even going to say harass. Like, pardon me that's not even the word I want to use actually what she went through was harassment what this guy went through was basically people calling him out for his shit, for his lack of duty and his incompetence for the job. And that forced him to resign, essentially. So good riddance, one less backup out of the batch. All right? So I'm bringing out all these stories because this falls in line with the peppermint, or sorry, the, uh, the permit patties part of me, the barbecue Beckys, the ID Adams of the worlds right now that we're currently witnessing. All these people who, all these white people, I should say, who are calling out black people and other people of color for having a good time or for just doing an honest day's work. I mean, speaking of the, the permanent patty situation, this grown-ass woman tried to call the police on a few little young girls who are selling bottles of water for, like, what, 50 cents? Again, it's a summer hustle. Like, the parent of those children are teaching the kids the value of wealth and economics at a young age. And that's very hard to do, especially in this day and age where you have social media and games that you can download on your phones in, like, two seconds. But, no, that, there's something wrong with that. And the joke about all of that is the fact that when these people get caught and when they're found out to be idiots, they try to play the victim card. They actually have the audacity to play the victim card. Case in point with Permit Patty. She went on the news like days after the video went viral and was basically saying how she was so distraught and, and tormented and traumatized 
by all the hate mail and the tweets and the reposts that she was getting and that she received. And she didn't know what to do at that moment. And she felt like she was in violation of her rights as a human being. Bitch, you are violating the rights of young black girls who are actually trying to do something positive in the world. But for whatever reason, because you saw the color of their skin, you said, no, I got to call the police right now. For what? There are people being shot right now. There are people who are being assaulted in multiple ways, and they deserve detention from the police. Yet you're wasting their time and resources because you feel threatened that a black girl who probably isn't even in the third grade yet is selling water. And the same goes to, uh, what's her name, Barbecue Becky, trying to call the cops for a few you know, black people wanting to use the public park for their own entertainment to use it as a barbecue. I'm sorry, like, were you mad that there was no gluten-free products that are being cooked up on the grill? Are you mad that there's so much seasoning and marination that your non-equipped taste buds could possibly handle? I'm sorry, Barbecue Becky, but it takes a little more than salt and pepper to cook a steak. I'm just saying, bitch. Either way, people like this really annoy me. And what I loved about that particular situation is the fact that maybe a day or two later, a huge barbecue cookout took place where everyone was doing the electric, the electric slide and, and a whole bunch of dances in between. Yeah, live music, blaring, blasting music. I loved it. At the end of the day, it's a public park and people can do as they choose so, not, so as long as they're not breaking any laws or anything like that. And there are no laws or violations that were, that were taking place that were being broken or disrupted at the very least. So... I say all this because I feel as though a lot of these people who are out there are not only racist, but they're also weak individuals who, who are also bullies. I mean, case in point, you look at the Permit Patty woman once again, who picked on two young individuals, okay? Why not pick on somebody your own size? Like, I know that's very cliche to say, but would you have that same energy for somebody who is your age or at least half your age, somebody who is a grown individual, would you have that same energy to project towards them if they were in violation of certain municipal codes that you somehow know all the answers to? Or better yet, if they're not picking on somebody who is half their age, then it's usually a case of somebody picking on another person of the opposite gender. And that brings me to ID Adam. This guy was picking on a woman who was with their child because he thought that they weren't a part of the community and that they were using their pool, that his rent money and his tax dollars go towards. But she clearly had a key to the gate, and for whatever reason, he singled her out for not being a member of the community to the point where the police actually did arrive, and then she actually had to prove to the police that she, in fact, was a resident of that community. And at the end of it all, his bitch ass didn't even apologize. I'm sorry, man. I mean, if that was a man, for example, if that was a man, let's say, let's say if it was me. I'm about six feet, 195 pounds of lean muscle. No, I'm, just, I'm just messing with you guys. But no, I got some muscle in here. But, <laughs> but no, for real, though, like I'm a, I'm a grown ass man, basically. Would he have that same energy for someone who looked like me, who was built like me, my stature and everything in compared to his frail stature of his own. Because if you look at this guy, this guy, this guy looked like he couldn't even dumb, you know, lift up, you know, a number two pencil if his life depended on it. He looked like a straight square. 
do you think that he would have the same energy for somebody like me? I don't think so. I really don't think so. And he probably had it somewhere in his sexist mind, in his racist mind, that he could probably get away with that. But then the moment she opened up her mouth and figured out that he had a backbone, he had to resort to calling the police. And even then, that didn't work. And I feel like a lot of these cases are coming out now because of the fact that America is in a Trump-laden system, basically. Trump has made it acceptable for racists to show out their true colors. And I've said in the past that racism has multiple forms. It's more than just screaming out a racial slur that proves you're a racist. It goes in all shapes and sizes. Racism is very systemic. It can affect you in the workplace. It can affect you you in the church. Um, It can affect you in a multitude of places. And that is another conversation for another day. But I'm just saying that now that Trump is in office, not to say that it was never in fashion, but now it's actually much more encouraged than it, than it has been in recent years to be more outward, outwardly with your racism, to be more vocal about it. So you can just scream out, hey, nigger, out of nowhere and you know, feel as though you're not going to have any repercussions towards it because it's your right as an American, your First Amendment speech, to, or your First Amendment to have freedom of speech, et cetera, et cetera. Sure, you can have freedom of speech, but you're not going to have the, the benefit of having freedom of, ex, of expression or, or freedom of backlash. You're going to get that backlash the same way. So if you're going to put out that same energy, then be prepared to receive that same energy with your racial rhetoric. In that regard. So this, all these events that have happened that have taken place, it's not new. It's nothing new. This has been happening for decades, for centuries, in fact. We are just now in an era that is post-civil rights, post-equal rights, that people now feel liberated to say these things. And they're just, they're just confirming their innermost feelings about how they view the rest of the world now that's being integrated with people of color and what have you. And I say to them, a few. Like you guys don't deserve to be a part of this community that we're now in where everyone can accept one another. And if you feel empowered by an individual like Donald Trump to deliver such hurtful and poisonous rhetoric, then you don't deserve to be a member of this community. I mean, if there is a place where we can jettison and exile all the racist and ignorant people onto one small island and let them fend for their lives like it's, a, like it's the purge or something like that, then so be it. Let them eat each other. Let them turn into cannibalisms. Let them turn into the savages that they think people of color are, and then they, in turn, will recognize their own true colors. Do you guys agree with me? Do you disagree with me? Either way, hit me up on social media, at CC and share your thoughts. Coming up after the commercial break, man, we got to get into the three main stories of the day. Uh, it involves Kendrick Lamar, it involves Childish Gambito, and it also involves Drake. Keep it locked. This is Cool Radio, and we'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it's your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. Now it's time for Trip Talks. So That's three of the hottest topics that took place in pop culture. And it goes a little something like this. So first topic we got to talk about is this lawsuit that involves Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Now, there is a artist who goes by the name of Lena Iris Victor. And she is claiming that her artwork was actually used or 
basically copied, I should say, not used, but copied in the video uh, that Kendrick Lamar and SZA put out entitled All the Stars. And she is filing a lawsuit for that. However, Kendrick Lamar and SZA are basically issuing out a statement and filing a claim that the lawsuit should be, in fact, thrown out. Now, in regards to the art, uh, the the picture or the painting of the piece that this that this artist created she is basically saying that it is used within the 3 to 318 mark of the video and it looks a little something like this now for the people who are listening on ig or sorry on um uh live on maximfm.ca or through soundcloud later on when it get, when it gets podcasted you will see the video on youtube eventually but Either way, go to hiphopdx.com, and they have the story for you over there. Shout out to hiphopdx. Um, but basically, looking at the the portrait, the live portrait, it seems to be, um, it does look very similar to that scene that she is referring to in the music video uh, where Kendrick Lamar is walking through what appears to be a live galleria of women who are painted in black and gold or at least wearing black and gold with a lot of gold accents and what have you. It looks very similar to that, and it seems as though this artist is claiming that the success of the song is due to that, you know, due to her painting or to her piece. Now, for me, when it comes to that specifically, when she's saying that the success of the record is due to that, that's where I kind of disagree because the success of the song before the video was even out, the, the the single was already a success. It was topping the charts, you know, while it was in play. I don't think it was number one, but I think it was at least in the in the top ten, or is that it was in the hot one hundred, like easily. And the main reason why it was so popular was because of the fact that it was the first single off of the original soundtrack for Black Panther, which was the, the biggest movie of the year thus far financially. It still is. I mean, it's raking in seven hundred million dollars in the box office. Basically, that's that's cake, <laughs> right? So a lot of the popularity is due to the fact that it was attached to the Black Panther film. And by the time the song uh, had an official uh, music video for it, it was still a popular record, but it was still gaining much more popularity because it came out the same week as the Black Panther film. So there's a lot of factors that were, that were you know, strengthening its popularity. So it wasn't just that painting. So while the painting or the art piece, I should say, looks very similar in comparison to that scene. I don't think it's an exact rip. Um, it's very similar, but I don't think it was a rip off of that. I personally don't believe it was, especially when you have Kendrick and Sisto fighting against that because it's not plausible. And when it comes to art nowadays, art is inspired by other art as well. So for all I know, maybe Kendrick or maybe the video director saw that painting or saw that piece and said, I want to do something like that, not exactly that, but I want to see something like that if that's the case. And even then, it's hard to have, you know, copyright claim over intellectual um, intellectual pieces that include art pieces as well like that because it's very hard to distinguish what was taken, what wasn't taken. It's very hard to distinguish that. So I understand where that artist is coming from, but to say that that 18-second shot in that video is a reason why that song is successful, that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, so I'll be curious to see how the rest of the story goes along. But either way, do you guys think that Kendrick was, uh, was ripping off um, the artist for that particular section of the video? 
Do you feel that her claim is bogus? Either way, hit me up on social media at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. Second topic we got to go into, man. Let's talk about Childish Gambino. Now, this guy, he's just out here surprising folks. I mean, first, he put out the visuals for This Is America, and now he is hitting up us. He is hitting us up yet again with another audio stimulants for us to go crazy for and that is entitled the summer pack and the summer pack has uh two songs on there and that has led to him announcing uh an event that he's doing that's going to be spanning over three three nights i believe so i believe it's called let's get summer started or something to that extent but nonetheless uh it's actually yeah it's called summer starts here that's what it's called and basically, it's going to be launched in a few cities. So L.A. and New York are two of those cities. And basically, I imagine that he's going to be performing a few old cuts plus the new cuts that he just released this past week, which are absolute bangers. They are my official summer anthems. I know I sound like I'm standing right now. But if you guys have heard these records, then you'll know why I'm speaking so adamantly about them. Like They are summer anthems galore, and they sound Perfect. And what people don't realize about Gambino is that the man's been giving us some summer jewels for a long time. People just haven't been paying attention. I mean, think about it. He gave us these cuts. That Kawhi EP, majority of those records were were built for the summer, if not all of them, especially the record Summer Nights. That record is beautiful. I think that's arguably my favorite record on that, on that particular project. Um, Telegraph Ave, that was a summer cut. 3005 was a summer cut. Oh, man. There, he's had so many. I mean, the record that he had with uh, with uh, Chance the Rapper. Um, oh, man. What was the thing? I can't remember. It was off of the... Uh, it was off of the... You know, I, I'm blanking out right now. It was off of his uh, Because the Internet album. But anyways, you guys might get what I'm trying to say. This guy has had summer hit after summer hit after summer hit. Or just summer type of records. Even Redbone had a, had a bit of a summertime feel to it. But nonetheless, this guy has summer records on deck. Like, he is the underground king of summer records, in my opinion. He just doesn't drop a lot of records during the summer. And I think that's why people don't really recognize him for jo- dropping those summer jewels. He usually comes out, like, third or fourth quarter of the year, from what I've noticed for the most part. Mind you, I believe Camp came out the summer of 2011. So I could be wrong on that one. But either way... The man gives us summer jewels, and this is no different from what he's done in the past. So I'm glad he's coming out with a little with a little mini tour event that he's doing, and he, and I think that kind of coincides with the tour that he's he's uh, getting prepared to launch. One of those tour dates is going to be in Toronto on September 10th. So I'm trying to get my ticket for that. I don't know about you guys. I don't know what you're trying to do, but that's a week after my birthday. So I'm going to be celebrating that in style, if you ask me. But nonetheless, what do you guys think about his new event? Are you looking forward to it? Have you listened to that summer pack yet? If not, what are you doing with your lives? It's only two records. They're very digestible. You'll have them on repeat, I guarantee, Scout's Honor. Either way, hit me up on social media at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. And the final topic in Trip Talk, man. We got to talk about the boy, Drizzy Drake, all right? So this guy is fresh uh, on the heels of having a billion-plus streams, and that's a record. Uh, He went... That's not even platinum. That's diamond. That's like, 
I was like, how many diamonds at that point, man? Like, because I know if you go platinum, if you go ten times platinum, I believe, like ten million records, then that's diamonds. So he is living it up in Fort Knox right now. Basically, he is Sierra Leone in the shit right now. Uh, but nonetheless, he's doing quite well for himself, as you would imagine. Uh, but there is word that's come out recently that he has reportedly ended his deal with Cash Money, Young Money. All right, so. Reportedly, and I don't know if this is facts or not, but this is what you know people are speculating right now. Uh, the word is going out that he has now ended his deal with Univer- uh, with uh, Cash Money, and main- one of the reasons why the deal ended was because of the dispute between Birdman and Lil Wayne, and Lil Wayne won the dispute where he now is free of Cash Money. He, got- he was bought out of his contract. And he is now on his own, and now he can put out the card of five whenever he wants to. And I believe he is now signed directly to Universal Republic, which is the same situation that Drake is now reportedly in. Um, his deal concluded when he put out the Scorpion album, which is part of a three-deal label extension, which he signed after, if you're reading this, this is too late. Basically, the rumor is the fact that, or sorry, the rumor is that his deal ended when he put out views and then um uh more life and then this latest album scorpion so it's a three album deal he concluded the uh obligation of that and now universal universal republic has picked him up so now he has signed directly through universal republic because young money is under cash money and young and cash money is under universal but now drake is reportedly on that deal or on that record label specifically for again a reported thirty million dollars um, contract, so we don't know how many albums that entails or that includes, but that is the word and the speculation that is going around town right now. And by town, I'm talking about the music industry. Um, so if that's the case, and good for Drake, it's good for any artist in general to leave Cash Money because I've been saying this for years. Cash Money is a graveyard record label. And for an artist of Drake's stature and clout that commands so much attention, um, he can get any deal that he wants. In fact, if in fact he is signed with Universal, I'm almost surprised that if he did have some sort of like free agency period, so to speak, I'm almost surprised that he didn't go out and shop around and you know test the waters and what have you. Because if we recall, during his epic run in 2009, he was, you know, entertaining all sorts of different studios. He was entertaining Universal. He was entertaining Warner, Atlantic, all these other labels that you can think of. But he ultimately ended up staying with Young Money because Lil Wayne was the one who gave him the national attention that kind of put him on, so to speak. So because of that, he was paying it for, you know, in in reverence of Lil Wayne. But now that he's a free agent, or reportedly, you know, allegedly a free agent, I'm a little shocked that he didn't go and shop around. But again, it could have something to uh, do with the deal that involved uh, Lil Wayne and Birdman and the court proceedings that, that went with that, which meant that, you know, whatever ties that Lil Wayne has are now severed because of that, which may have included the Young Money deal. So that could have been a possibility or a casualty of that, if anything. But either way, you know, Drake is now, you know, signed to one label. It's not going to be filtered through multiple labels. He has one situation. And you would imagine that Universal is going to treat him with the utmost respect because they know he is probably their their primary earner at this point. I'm not sure what other artists from other genres are signed directly to Universal, but I would imagine that Drake has 
you know, leverage and clout with them in that regard. So we'll see how it all unfolds at the end of the day. But either way, what do you guys think? Uh, hit me up on social media at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts on whether or not you feel as though Drake's label situation is just right. And now it's time for the throwback or the flashback Friday track of the day. And I'm feeling in a Wu-Tang mood right now. So we're going to play Bring the Ruckus. So keep it locked. We got the next of the week coming up. All right. It's Cool Radio. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yo, welcome back to the show. Once again, it's your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. And it's that time of the show where you've all been waiting for it. I will not keep you waiting any longer. Who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of Coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster of the Week goes to none other than uh, former Nicki Minaj collaborator and boothing, Safari. Now, there are plenty of times where Safari was eligible to become Wankster of the Week, but luckily there was a bigger stooge out there than him that particular week. But in this week, he stands alone. And the reason why he does, in fact, stand alone is because he was standing in the middle of a Dykeman basketball game this week, performing a record that was once hot but now is not, and the crowd let him know. The crowd was either booing him during his performance or they were just very indifferent and didn't really say anything at all and didn't move or cheer or get hype or anything of the sort. So noticing this, Safari stopped to set halfway through and proceeded to barrage the crowd with a flurry of insults. He was saying things to the effect of, oh, I slam more bitches than you. I wear better clothes than you. Look at my jewelry. My jewels is real. I sleep with girls that you wish that you could ever have, that you could dream of, et cetera, et cetera. And then the crowd just starts to berate him with boos, like boo. Like it was wrestling level heat boos. It was like LeBron showing up to Cleveland for the first time in the Miami Heat uniform boos. Vince Carter showing up to Toronto for the first time uh, since being traded to the New Jersey Nets boos. Like it was, it was Hulk Hogan turning heel for the first time level boos. Like they booed him. And rightfully so, because you're being ignorant. Now, here's the thing about Safari. This is somebody who is delusional about his own hype. He believes he's this larger-than-life entertainer who feels as though he is on the Mount Rushmore of hip-hop and pop and whatever the case may be. He dresses like it, he talks like it, he walks like it. But the problem is nobody believes him. I mean, this guy, this is, this is a guy who will change his fur coat midway through an interview for whatever reason. I don't understand. I mean, if it was part of a performance set, that's one thing. But when you're having a sit-down interview, it's a little extra, bro. It's a little extra. So I don't know what he thought was going to happen when he would cuss out the fans and like they were just going to obey him and not say anything. But he got what he deserved. The same energy that he put out, he got that in return. And for that, I got to give him the wankster because he is forever a living wankster. I don't think he can ever shake that off under any circumstances. And he will forever be living in the shadow of his ex-girlfriend, Nicki Minaj. And that is something that he cannot handle at all in the slightest bit. He is doing the most to overcompensate for that truth. And there's nothing he can do about it that he can shake it off. Does he deserve this wankster? Of course he does. And we're going to drop it one more time just like this.
I mean, he deserves a wankster for, for calling himself Safari in the first place, but that's neither here nor there. Nonetheless, that brings a conclusion to yet another episode of Cool Radio, so I appreciate you guys for listening, as you always do. Next week, we will have a guest in studio. I will keep you up to date on that. And also next week, next Saturday, I should say, will be the release party of Mr. Goliath Paw, Mr. You-Know-Whoa himself. So make sure you keep on lock for that. And as well, as you already know, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool. Cool.